This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Last week, I had my first woodworking class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're is learning. that a euphemism? Nope. It's a, a, I took a, a I took a few woodworking classes last week. Okay, good. If well, you catch my meaning. I only took one. I do one every Thursday. That's very regimented. <laughs> yep, it's three I just hours. Do it when the mood strikes me, you know? It's three hours long. I love to work that wood. <laughs> we work the wood. Um, I met a new friend uh, named Tanner. No, that's not true. Yeah. No one I've else got- is named Tanner but me. There's this very cool dude in my woodworking class, guy by the name of Tanner. We hit it off, talked about woodworking. You would really like him. He's super chill. When you saw the block of wood in front of you, yeah, could you see the shape of the key within it? Oh yeah. That's the first thing they that's the first thing they teach you. I today mm. solely today in its entirety read a Babysitter's Club book. Babysitter's Club the Club. Babysitter's Club, yeah. Okay. Um, started at around 9 a.m. on my way into work. Mm-hmm. Finished up um, around 7.30 p.m. Cool. Oh, boy, it's tough to read one of these in one day. I crammed this one right down my yum hole. Tasted crammed it, it right down that yum hole. Crammed it right down the yum hole. It tasted just hey, like... someone get Mario Batali on the phone. <laughs> we got a yum hole just waiting to get crammed over here. Uh, it tasted like my sweet peat. Ooh, I caught... Um, a bouquet of sweet peat in there too. Mm. Sweet peat's good. What do you say we run this episode, uh, California casual style? No fuss, no muss. Sure, you want me to take a run at it? Yeah, no rules. What do you want? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you? Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. We love kids club style. A little, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A little freestyle. Hi, hi, and welcome to the We Heart Kids Club Club. Oh yeah. My name is Weed Lord. Surf's up. My name is Hash Pipe. Hash Pipe. Half Pipe. My name is Half Pipe. Surf's up. And here we are in sunny California. Woo. Palo Alto. <laughs> Palo home City. Of, home of uh, Carol. <laughs> and Dad. And Dad. Disneyland Daddy. Disneyland Daddy. Woo. Jackie, this week we, we learned his name. Yeah. It's Jack. Now we know that Disneyland Daddy, Mr. Schaefer, is actually Jack Schaefer. Yeah. Suspiciously similar to Jack Shepard. Well, you know what Schaefer means in German, right? Does it mean Shepard? It certainly does. (laughs) That's a scary coincidence. Yeah, let's explore that for a second. Don's. I've always thought of you as my Disneyland Daddy. You always say to me every night before we go to bed, you say... Try to let daddy love you as much as I do. Right. Um, which I feel like resonates with you actually being Des- Disneyland, Disneyland daddy. daddy. Yeah, Jack yeah. Schaefer, Jack Shepard. Right. That's a weird Scary one. Scary baby nation, huh? Yeah. Little did you know that he was, he was a wolf in sheep's clothing among <laughs> us the whole time. <laughs> cool old Don's dad. So is that it? Did we do the intro? Uh, sorry, let me continue. You interrupted me. 
Oh yeah. Hi, hi, and welcome to the We Heart Kids Club Club. My name is Weed Lord, uh, and I am joined today by Half Pipe. Um, our real hey. names are Tanner Greenring and Jack Schaefer, and we every week pick out a book from the We Heart Kids Club series of novels written by Pete Larangis and um, Anne M. Martin. Pete Larangis, Stormborn, mm-hmm. and Anne M. Martin. Um, Princess of the Prince of Towns, Stormborn, Storm Touched, Storm Walker, Time Lordress, mm-hmm. Priestess, first of her f- name, last of her kind, Bane to Bats, uh, Soul Skinner. Sanctified, right? Sanctified, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. This week, <laughs> we kind of took a little bit of a departure from the We Heart Kids Club and we read a Babysitter's Club book, Babysitter's yep. Club number 72, Dawn. And the We Heart Kids Club. Yeah. So not all a, about a, a new character in the series called Don Schaefer. Yeah, you guys are familiar with Sonny Winslow, Maggie Bloom, and Jill Henderson, and their lovable charge, Steffi Robertson. Uh, right, but, yeah, we've been reading these books for ages. We obviously know all those characters. Yeah, we, we know those guys. They're our faves. They all have distinct personalities. They're all different in unique ways. Uh, but there's we, a new babysitter in town. There's a new babysitter in town. Um, and her name is Dawn Schaefer. Dawn Schaefer. She, uh, she just moved into town. Uh, it seems like that she has some history with the girls. Yeah. They, they knew she had previously lived in Palo City with our, our beloved girls, uh, but, but had, been, had spent the last few years in a place called Stony Brook, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. I think it's in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of little states, you know, there's like five or six little states up there that are all kind of jammed together. Yeah. It's like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, It's like a a state cluster. Right. Um, she's from one of those and it turns out out there in Stony Brook, Connecticut, Dawn, this character has a rival group that as far as I can tell, just basically stole the entire concept of the We Love Kids Club. Right. Except club, but yeah. It doesn't have an original name. It has the most boring possible name for what they do that you could imagine, the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> I mean, I guess it does what it does what it says on the tin, but yeah. not very inventive. Good luck telling that brand's story. <laughs> yeah, no wonder no wonder Christy has so much trouble getting the media's attention in this book. Yeah, that's a big theme of this novel. Let's go we heart kids club tonight. No uh, rules, just right. No rules, just right. You know, like the Outback Steakhouse commercial? Good. God. Let's that... go Outback tonight. You know? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Mon- of Montreal? Nailed it. What do you want to talk about first, man? I have got a billion notes. Cool. Do you want to describe the books? I'm just saying, you know, I heard that uh, the guys over at the Babysitter's Club. I guess Club, we, we Club uh, regularly podcast. describe the books, but it's no rules just right tonight, so I thought we'd maybe just skip past that. Okay. What I got about, so many notes, it seems like that would just sort of get, kind of get in the way. So we, what about we skip into describing the book? Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's ride that wave right into Book Description City. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now we're, now we're playing outside of the playpen. You know what you do, man? You run a tight ship. <laughs> and you know what I do? What? It's like a surfboard riding the waves, you know? We just go with the flow. But I see you over there. I see you over there in Austin, Texas. You you want to run a tight ship. 
I sometimes wanna... we have to compromise. You know, sometimes yeah. we have to do what f- gets us out of our comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. So if you want to recap these books, yeah, fine. Let's do a little recap, and then we can. Th- then we'll be able to surf the choppy waters of this text more There's easily. There's bound to be rougher waters, <laughs> and I'm sure I'll take some falls. Cool, man. But it's... with Jackie as my captain, I'll make it through them all. Good. How about we describe the book? You want to describe it? Oh, shit. Yep. What's my big bad clock? I don't even know. We'll figure it out. I was thinking I'd, um, I'd maybe old uh, Half Pipe would take a run at describing the book. I would love that. And then we'll see if uh, I would love Weed Lord. To hear, I would love to hear what you got out of this book. See if, if Weed Lord, uh, how, how he feels, you know? Yeah, I'm really like excited to hear. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going to describe this book. I'm going to begin now. In the sun-soaked seaside town of Palo City, California, life is easy, the air is sweet, and the only time anyone has anything to complain about is on days when the surf forecast is a swell or two short of perfect. That's why Don Schaefer moved here from boring, frigid Stony Brook, Connecticut. That, and the prospect of spending more time with Dad and Carol and the gals from the We Heart Kids Club. But just beneath the surface of Don's perfect new life, the water is choppier than it looks. Dad and Carol have a secret that might just tear the family apart. The We Heart Kids Club has gotten way too deep in something they're not equipped to handle. And the jealousy, anger, and ambition that Dawn thought she'd escape when she left Stony Brook must have stowed away in her suitcase because it seems pretty comfortable here in Palo City. In the sun-soaked seaside town of Palo City, California, the surf forecast is looking great, but there's a tidal wave coming, and Don Schaefer is standing directly in its path. Don and the Wee Heart Kids Club. Now, Tanner, I want to ask you two questions, and you can answer them in any order you choose. Question number one is, what did you think of my description? I thought your description was fine Okay. when I heard it 25 minutes ago. My second question, which is going to make sense in the context of your answer, is what was your favorite part of losing the last 20 minutes of audio? My favorite part was all the great bits <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we had in the last 20 minutes of audio mm-hmm. that we lost because my computer glitched out. Yeah. My computer, Baby Nation, I think as punishment mm-hmm. for me never listening to Jack's descriptions, Yeah, midway through Jack's description, my computer glitched out, and for the next 20 minutes, through some great bits, Baby Nation, Yeah, some Great bits, some classics. classics. Some classics that are lost to history now. Uh, I described uh, Dawn's friend Sonny Winslow as a fire elemental. It was really good. Mm. Sonny's mom is is described as um, one of the warmest people ever you'll ever meet. Her name is Sunshine Daydream Winslow, and she is described in this newspaper article as a true fireball. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, oh, Jack, what does all that mean? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, oh, she's a fire elemental. And we made a lot of funny jokes about being a fire elemental. I was like, what's that? I'm a fucking casual. Right. But not anymore, because I know exactly what a goddamn fire elemental is. Which is why we would never be able to recreate it. Very it common really, in Dungeons and Dragons. It was a really good bit, and we made a lot of really funny jokes about it, and now it's all lost to the sands of time. Yeah. Um, should we Should we dwell on that? I would like to, because it was such a good <laughs> bit. It was so funny. I feel like Baby Nation really loved it. It was a lot of really funny, like, elemental humor. <laughs> and it's gone now. It's not for everyone. Um, did you do this? Did you sabotage this? Because I did some, like, hot D&D fire elemental humor. Did here's you the somehow, thing, like, scramble my hard drive? Here's the thing. This is a book that is about Don Chafer, Sonny Winslow, Maggie Bloom, and Jill Henderson of the We Heart Kids Club. It is not in any way about fire elementals, uh, uh, earth elementals, sea elementals, elementals. Right. anyone from the elemental plane. Right. It could be, though. Yeah. And we were we had a lot of fun exploring that together. Ugh, you're going to have to imagine now that, Now it's gone. It's gone. Um, moving on. You, I you guess know what? one thing we lost was a clean 60 seconds of crisp audio Ooh. in which I described this book. And I described it so fucking well baby nation it was you you praised me you fell on your knees and you praised me you said i have never heard a more succinct yeah and more um well fleshed out description of a book let alone a babysitter's club book in my life it was to me as if pete larangis himself had descended from the heavens where he sits looking down upon us tiny people oh has he passed no, but I think he probably sits aloft uh, he's in just, the clouds. He's an angelic being. Right. Descended from the heavens on the wings of a storm with a mic in his hand, put 60 seconds on a big bad clock, right. and gave the most accurate and technically perfect description of a Babysitter's Club book that anybody has ever heard. And now I'm just going to do it again. And now he's just going to do it again. So you're going to... This is uh, This is what we call... Uh, Playing the expectations game. Called shot here. (laughs) In 60 seconds exactly, Tanner, I would like for you to describe this book as if for the first time. I'd like you to begin now. Okay, Donna's back in California. (laughs) She runs a group called the We Are Kids Club with three of her friends. Uh, They take care of kids. They have a uh, a lot fewer rules than the... Uh, Babysitter's Club, but they make it work until they catch the attention of the local news. First, a local newspaper does a little column on them about how great they are, and then a local news uh, video team comes and records a segment on the We Heart Kids Club. Uh, they blow up overnight. They get a million calls. They can barely handle it. Dawn realizes she needs more rules. Back in Stony Brook, Christy's a little jealous that the We Heart Kids Club, which is no rules just right, is getting so much attention, despite the fact that they're clearly a ripoff of the Babysitter's Club. B-plot, there's a young girl named Steffi who is... Uh, wants a mommy, and she thinks Don can be that mommy. Uh, back to the A plot. Don is struggling with all this. She decides, oh, and her dad is getting married to a guy named Carol, and she uh, flees the country and goes back to Stony Brook, Connecticut, and then is sent back to Palo City. And time. Whew. It is a dense text. This is the oh, second time I've done it, text. and it's such a dense text. There's so much in this text. S- three plots. And Pete fucking went there. That's one of the most intense things that has ever happened in one of these books. Dawn steals her dad's credit card. Right. Gets a flight back to 
Stony, Stony Brook. Brook from the, on the, the that classic route that we all know, LAX to Stony Brook. Right. She can't leave from John Wayne Airport, which is um, near Airport, City. which is right in Palos City. Obviously, the the world renowned John Wayne Airport, right in Palos City, because there's very few routes between John Wayne Airport and um, Stony Brook International. Yeah, yeah. But, we need some plausibility here. But the right. LAX does go direct to Stony Brook. Right, right, right. Um, in case you're ever trying to get there. But so that's a pretty. This is a side of Dawn that we've never seen before. Is Naughty girl. Naughty. Very bad. Right. Um, but this isn't just a book about Dawn, Tanner. It's a book about a whole new cast of characters. Sonny Winslow, Maggie Bloom, Jill Henderson, and lovable charge Steffi Robertson. I guess. Do we want to? I think so. Oh, 20 minutes down the drain. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about these this new fucking cast of characters that Pete and Anne have gifted us with. The We Heart Kids Club. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so this is the inaugural episode of the We Heart Kids Club Club. Yep. Our um, podcast about the We Heart Kids Club in Palo City, California. My name is Halfpipe. Your name is Halfpipe. My name is Weedlord. Um... One thing that we, in our former lives as hosts of the Babysitter's Club Club, did in one of the early episodes was decide which members of that group, the Babysitter's Club, we most resembled Mm -hmm. personality-wise. I think I thought I was a Marianne and you thought you were a Christy. Yeah. Boy, how things have changed. That's evolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're both Christies. Nope, now I'm a Dawn and you're a Christy. Eh. But we have a whole new cast of characters this week, and I feel like it would be a fun exercise for you to figure out who you are. Or no, you know what's even more interesting? What? You tell me who you think I am. Okay. Um, so let's, well, let's go through these characters. Okay. Why don't you start? There's a, there's a, new, there's a new babysitter in town. Uh, okay, so yeah, we've, we've got the We the Heart mysterious Kids Club. They're Dawn well Shaper. established, yeah. but there's this new girl in town, Dawn Shepherd, Schaefer. Yep. And she is, uh, how would you describe her? She's kind of... Um, cool, California casual. Neurotic, oh. um, angry, mm-hmm. uh, self-obsessed. She's always nagging people about the environment. Right. And not um, recycling. Right. She's, she's committed she's, to chaos. She's stickler for rules, though, yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah. She wants the We Heart Kids Club to commit to rules, but also, like, will literally steal money from her dad to buy a plane ticket back to, to Connecticut, sort of yeah. at a whim. Yeah. So, a very complicated character, very uh, very much the opposite of laid back. Right. And, um, well, I would use the term ca- California casual. Yeah. Very opposite uh, of California casual, which right. is a good description of Sonny Winslow. Right, um, Sonny, Sonny Winslow, California casual, very laid back, um, obviously fire elemental, um, loves kids. Yeah, fire elemental, uh, did you say that? Right, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then we've got... Um, Maggie Bloom. Maggie Bloom, who's like in the Hollywood scene, Yeah, you know? She's kind of a, she's a little bit of a hot topic girl. Right. But she's kind of a yeah. punk. She's a little punk. Her family is... Punk. is is committed to Hollywood, friends with the stars, but Maggie's not interested. 
She's not. Yeah, she's she kind of raging against shit. the machine a little bit. Very cool. Yeah, very very cool. Um, and, and then and we've then got the last one is what Jill Henderson Julie something. Julie Jill Henderson. Henderson. I would describe Jill Henderson as essentially not there. No, non-existent. No, she never has a. She doesn't have a speaking part. In no definable part. character traits. Right. Uh, mute. Mute. Uh, never, never uh, described by Dawn in any capacity. Yeah. Uh, just sort of like a hanger on. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we've got. Um, would you like me to take a run at picking who I think you are and who I think I am first? Ooh, God, would I love that. <laughs> I would like it as well. All right, so based on those descriptions, here's what I've got for you, my man. Mm-hmm. I see you very much as this mysterious newcomer, this Dawn... Schaefer. Yeah. Uh long in what in what regard? Long, beautiful, blonde, silken hair down to yep. your waist. Short short curly dark hair. Right. But hair but uh, uh, hair is a common trait. Mm-hmm. Also, at the first sign of trouble, you turn tail, pack up your suitcase and get on a literal or metaphorical plane right the fuck out of there. As soon as things yeah. start Terrified hitting up flying. a little bit, <laughs> Would never, never willingly get on a plane. <laughs> You're out of there. Uh-huh. Um, that's it. That's what I've got. I am known for, um, I'm celebrated mm-hmm. for my ability to, um, as the kids say, ghost. Mm-hmm. I have never left a party and said goodbye to anyone. Just like, just like Don, you like to leave a long note. Just a saying, ghost in the night. Just like Don, when Tanner leaves a party... Everyone looks around and they're like, where's Tanner? And eventually someone will discover a note that says, you never loved me. You're not paying enough yeah. attention to me. So I guess you won't even give a shit that I've left. I've flown to Connecticut. Goodbye. Right. I think that I am the late, great Maggie Bloom. You think you are Maggie Bloom? Maggie Bloom. Uh, now why? Why do you think that? Cool. Uh-huh. Casual. The kind of person who would be friends with celebrities, but also that rare kind of person who, if a friend of a celebrity like would dis- kind of disdain it, wouldn't be interested because I'm right. more interested in my own pursuits. Right. Glamorous. Kind of edgy. A little bit, but a little bit edgy. Not not g- right. boring glamorous, edgy glamorous, interesting right. glamorous. Also, I don't need your rules, man. I don't need your fucking rules. Like, yeah, no rules. I'm here right. to have fun. No fuss, no muss. That's my motto. I so it's interesting because um, mm-hmm. I really see myself as a uh, Maggie Bloom type character. You know, just okay. very, um, very chill, very mm-hmm. laid back. Um, not into your Jack Shepard, your rules. Okay, being very subversive, kind of okay. going against the grain a little bit. You're always trying to make me color within the lines, and I'm like, fuck no. I do my own thing. You know? Okay. Uh, dark hair, short cut. Mm-hmm. Um, hot topic. You're, dress, you're very dress fair. From hot topic. You've got kind of blondish hair. You're very fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of dark. I'm, I'm swarthier than you mm-hmm. are, which is not a way that Maggie is specifically described, but she does have dark hair. Okay. So. And you, I really see as more of a, a Lisa Henderson. Do you mean Jill? Uh, uh, you, <laughs> I really see as more of a... Um, you, I really see as more of a Jill Henderson. Jill Henderson. Yeah. Okay. Just nothing. Just nothing there. Just nothing. Just kind of background noise. Yeah. 
I'm to, looking at you right now in my phone camera, and I'm just yeah. it's a it's a great buzz. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing. Must be very hard for you to carry your side of the podcast. You have no under idea. Those circumstances. <laughs> you have no idea how hard it is to really keep my focus on this. Yeah, you know, to really hone in and pay attention to what's happening here because it's just nothing. It's like turning on the TV to a channel where you're getting no reception and just having a conversation. Right, doing your best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've been Jack Shepard. Uh, I've been Tanner Greenring. Um, this has been the We Heart Kids Club Club. Listen, I want to talk to you a little bit Jill more. Jill Henderson's wearing a bra now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good comedy. <laughs> I, I would like to talk to you a little bit more about Maggie Bloom, but first I want to grab a beer. Yes. Okay, let's do that, and we'll come right back. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about Maggie Bloom. Yeah, hit me, man. What Tell a dynamic new character. What a dynamic Sorry, new well, sorry, sorry. What a dynamic old character. Uh, oh yeah. We we listen long-time listeners of the We Heart Kids Club Heart Kids Club Club, Club right. podcast um with me Half Pipe and me um Weed Lord. We'll know uh, Maggie Bloom from the many many discussions we've had of her, but new listeners for, um who are crossing over from the Babysitters Club Club. Uh-huh. Um will be interested to hear about this Maggie Bloom. The thing that I want to talk to you about in relation to her is, is this the first time in the Babysitter's Club books, in 72 Babysitter's Club books, that the real world, the world that you and I inhabit, Mm -hmm. has as dramatically impinged upon the world of Palo City slash Stony Brook, has crossed through the veil that separates our universes as much as happened in the case of Maggie Bloom and her dinner with Keanu Reeves. Known actual human being. In our world. Extant human being in our world. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. I'm not sure. I think the closest we come is the time that the Babysitter's Club went to actual New York and went to the actual Hard Rock Cafe in actual Times Square. But boy, is that a different category of thing, right? Right. You can imagine that like, they have a cafe and it's also called the Hard Rock Cafe. It's a completely new thing that Ann and Pete are doing here to say The Hard that. Rock Cafe of the, of the Babysitter's Club universe is a little bit like the Rainforest Cafe in that... Um, in the center of the restaurant is a literal hard rock. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in the same way that the Rainforest Cafe is themed after a rainforest. Yeah. The hard rock cafe is just rocks. It's just a large like a igneous rock. Right. And in they never this case, They never say it's not that, so. They never say it's not that. Right. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's like a homonym, right? It rhymes a little bit. Um, it's right. got the same name, and the, the, these kind of resonances you expect with parallel universes, right? Right. There's right, gonna right. be there's gonna be some similarities. Some are coincidence. Some are just like the universe is weird. My question for you is as follows: Is there are two possibilities here, right? One possibility that seems unlikely given the way that these books have been structured before of never having the two worlds impinge on each other. Right. One possibility is that just like with the Hard Rock Cafe. It just so happens there is an actor in Hollywood in this universe who's all, whose name is also the weird and idiosyncratic name Keanu Reeves. No Keanu relation. Reeves, right. Keanu Reeves. Right. Like, no 
relation. The other possibility which worries me a little bit more is that unlike everyone else in our world, Keanu Reeves can travel. He's capable of kind of walking through these spaces. Can walk through these spaces. I think those are the two options. Do you know do you know the theory, the popular online theory about Keanu Reeves? That he's 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 lived through many ages of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so Baby Nation. Yeah. There is a there's a popular online theory about Keanu Reeves. Um if you look at photos of this guy from his uh premiere in um The Matrix film in nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is essentially not aged a day, right? In the last twenty years, he looks exactly the same as he did in Bill and Ted's. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He really does, right? You see him in John Wick two, and you're like, oh, is that Bill? Is, is that Ted? <laughs> is he Bill or Ted? <laughs> I don't know. I think that's why you say both of those things. <laughs> um. And then, like, I think a few people have, like, sort of uncovered uh, uh, portraits, painted portraits from the, um, like, latter 1700s, latter 18th century that uh, bear a striking resemblance to Keanu Reeves. Right. So, I think there is a case to be made that the Keanu Reeves that Maggie Bloom Bloom is interacting with is our Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And just Given to give you the passage he is known here for his transitive properties. Right. Here's the passage. Maggie hates talking about celebrities and movie gossip. Very cool. She's close to celebrities, but she doesn't like talking about it cuz she lives her own life. She's an independent spirit. Maggie hates talking about celebrities and movie gossip. Keanu Reeves has actually had dinner at her house, but she didn't tell us until weeks later. To her, it just wasn't a big deal. Sunny on the other hand insisted on touching the fork and plate he used. Maggie Bloom is so cool that it's not a big deal to her that one of the biggest stars of an alternate universe crossed over through the veil that separates our worlds into right. her living room, sat down at the dinner table, and then you know what's another good case was though, gone. in favor of this being actual Keanu Reeves. A number of his most prominent roles are about crossing over between veils of universes. Oh, that's a very good point. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted's excellent, uh, excellent adventure and bogus journey. Yep, were both about him uh, as Bill and or Ted, um, kind of crossing these boundaries of time and space. <laughs> right. And the Matrix films. Mm-hmm. It's about him kind of seeing through this this veil of reality and tapping into the uh, real primal world where we are all batteries for robots. Right. So I I I, I think the the evidence is is compounding at this point that this is our Keanu Reeves who has um, who has crossed past the plane. Right. Uh, and if it is, Maggie, um, if you're listening, and I assume you are, uh, please do tell Keanu next time yeah. you see him how much I enjoyed his performance in the John Wick films. Yeah, very good. Very, very good. good films. And he did such an, uh, a very good job in those. Oh, and here's another thought for you. John Tim. Wick 1 filmed right here in Brooklyn, Where blocks are... away from my apartment. If you were, let's say, you were a method actor, and you and were- I, And I am, in a lot of ways. Right. Okay, so right. you'll be able to inhabit this. Yeah. And you were 
up against the deadline, you got you finally got the part. You're a young actor. You're you're still not established as an A-list, but you've got the part of a lifetime starring in a movie about a surfer who tracks down a band of criminals. Mm-hmm. Point Break, and he had to learn surfing Ooh, real that's fast. That's a very good name for that movie. Yeah, yeah. Where would you go to establish those surfing skills without letting anybody know? That that was happening. I would go to southern or mid California coast. Okay, but people, you're a celeb. People are going to see you on the beaches and like harass you and bother you. You're not going to be able to like catch. Well, those I wouldn't. Waves. I wouldn't go to the big cities. I wouldn't go to L.A. Okay. I wouldn't go to San Diego. I would go probably about two hours north of San Diego, about an hour south of L.A. I would find like a little seaside town there. Mm-hmm. Uh. And if you have oh, a to... place, a kind of a place where people like, especially the young women, because mm-hmm. I assume I'm a, a in this role, I'm a handsome sort of movie star type character. Mm-hmm. A lot of the yeah. young women, the 13 year old girls in town, wouldn't <laughs> care, yeah. you know, if their dad invited me over to dinner. Yeah, no one would even bat an eyelid. Right, Palo City. Okay, try that one on. For that sounds size. made up. Yep. Well, that's a, a tight 13 we did on Keanu Reeves there. <laughs> well, Got a lot of other segments to get through. <laughs> I did not expect to be talking about Keanu for as long as we have. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to talk about, Tanner. We've got a lot to talk about. This whole thing got screwed up because our audio got lost. I thought, Tanner, when we started this record, that it was going to be no fuss, no muss. But nope. it's all been fuss, all muss. I hate to say it, it's been all fuss and all muss. Yeah, a lot of fuss. This and a is lot the of curse muss. of the the We Heart Kids Club Club. Well, that's what happened. We, to them the too, We Heart right? Kids Club Club is constantly plagued with audio troubles, unlike yeah. the sister podcast, <laughs> yeah, Babysitters Club Club, yeah, which is smooth sailing every episode. <laughs> smooth sailing every fucking episode. Um, should we? Do you want to try to? You want to try to loop into some segments here? I would love to hit you with a segment, if I might. Mm, please. One second. I need to go to Twitter. Mm-mm. I need to check our menchies real quick. <clears throat> Jack. Yes. Jack. Yeah. Paying attention. Yep. I was texting, but yeah. I'm reading Babysitters Club with you. Theory crafting bees and amber too. It's long distance because of Jackie's move. A Pete Larangus moment here with you. Lifehouse? Lifehouses. Yeah, <laughs> a moment here with you. Hanging hanging on a moment? Yeah, that's that's from um at Rad Moon Rising, <laughs> baby B Dylan. Sent that one in. Baby B Dylan, I love that you went with Lifehouse. Right. Yeah, he sent he sent that over like an epic two tweet like manifesto. He's like, here's here's this week's Larangus moment. I can do another Lifehouse song for the same thing. Um, there, hey Jack, no yeah. you can't because there literally are no other Lifehouse songs. Yeah, hang on. Uh, trying to identify Larangus and it's all right, all right with me. Nope. I no one's am- ever heard that Lifehouse song. <laughs> Hang no on every word Lorenzo says. Is that a Pearl Jam song? No, it's it's you. As you know, I do Eddie Vedder for all my impressions, <laughs> but that is literally 
a snippet of a Lifehouse song, and don't ask me why that's stuck in my bread. My in my bread. I almost said stuck in my bread. Uh oh. Stuck in my head. Why would I say that? <laughs> Jackie, yeah, hit me, bud. This is a Larangus book. It was a. It was an class yeah. A, GCPSF. I, you must have had a Larangus moment. I want to talk, I want to first set this up for the Baby Nation with two things. One, a Larangis moment is Pete Larangis is the finest ghostwriter of the Baby Series Club novels, and we have a hit segment. Jack, 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 can I stop you there? Oh boy, I wish you wouldn't. Pete Larangis is the finest writer, yeah, ever. Okay, the finest writer ever, and he has gifted us with his prodigious talents in helping Anne to pen a number of the Babysitter's Club novels. His style is so distinctive that we have a segment named after him, which is about the moment in the book when we first realize that it can only have been written by the one and only Pete Larangis. The second thing I want to say in this preface is from an interview with Pete Larangis himself, sent into us by Baby B, Tiffany. Let me read you the following passage from this interview. This is someone who is able to be in Pete's presence. Has Anna Martin ever commented on your work with her characters? Did you ever get feedback from her? This is Pete's response. Perfect. Perfect. She said that there was always at least one moment in each of my books that would make her fall off her chair laughing, and she would look forward to that. She had padding on her office floor. She had to put padding on her office floor because she always fell off of her chair laughing at, the, at her Larangis moment. It was painful right. to see. I also once spilled wine on her during lunch. It's amazing she still talks to me. That's irrelevant, but a nice little piece of color. Right. We but, didn't invent the Larangis moment segment, no, Tanner. No, no. Pete invented Of course it. we didn't. Of course we didn't. Obviously yeah. we didn't do this. Everything we do is in service of Anne and Pete. We didn't invent this. Anne invented this. Anne invented the Larangis moment. And Anne takes it to a further extreme. She needs yeah. fucking padding on the ground. I never thought to put padding on the floor. What when I read a Larangis now? When I read a Larangis moment, I fall over and I fucking hurt myself. Right. And we have but, to cut that audio. Yeah, it's, it's nasty audio. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> but yeah. I uh did you have <laughs> a Laurent, just no, moment. that doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> we already sang the intro. Um, did you hey, have? Do you want a, me to do a different, another Lifehouse song? No, I don't think there are any others. There's, there couldn't possibly be any others. No, that's five for fighting. It's all right, all right with me. And then we did hanging on Laurent just here with. Yeah, I think we did all the Lifehouse songs. Yeah, um, hanging round. Downtown by myself, and there are so many Larangis moments. <laughs> and I'm Larangis with myself, and there she was. Okay, this is terrible. Pete Larangis opens his eyes. <laughs> Pale blue colored eyes. Good, great. <laughs> Did you have one this week? Oh. Baby, <laughs> I compare you to a Pete Larangis moment. <laughs> All right, okay, fine. Hang on, let me find one. <laughs> I, 
I hope, Baby Nation, this is a call. While Jack's finding his, his Laranjas moment, this is a call to all of you. We never, ever want to repeat a Pete Laranjas moment theme song. And it's that's on you. Like, you're going to have to. Dylan came through in the last moment today. I was finishing the book at a bar in my neighborhood, and Dylan tweeted that to me. So it's going to be on you to come up with more Laranjas moment theme songs for us. Because we only know four songs. <laughs> we know The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. We know Seal's Kiss from a Rose. We know Lives um, and Angel Opens Her Eyes. And apparently Jack knows about 30 Lifehouse songs. Okay, here's my Laranjas moment. And it's from late. In the, it's, it's from late. It's, this is like, there are a bunch of funny ones. Very, very good comic turns. There's some wonderful, moving prose throughout the text. But the moment to me that stands out as the greatest moment by Pete, that's like, oh, literally only Pete Laranjas could have written this scene comes a little bit later in the text. And it is after the We Heart Kids Club has been featured on local Palo City television for their entrepreneurial endeavors. Christy Thomas, who is the president of something called the Babysitter's Club, gets jealous and desperately tries to get the BSC onto local television as well because of her competitive spirit. And here's how Laranjas tells this particular tale of Christie approaching the TV station. At one point, Marianne mentioned the Christie crisis. Did you get my letter about Christie's latest scheme? Well, I know she called the TV station. <laughs> she went further than that. I couldn't believe it. We had all decided we didn't need more publicity. But in one of our meetings, just one, we didn't get any calls from clients. We started joking about how we should try to get on TV. And Christy didn't think it was a joke, I guessed. Mm-hmm. She actually sent her copy of the We Heart Kids Club video to the TV station. She enclosed a letter that said something like, They were big in California, but they're even better in Connecticut. The problem was she forgot to rewind the tape, so the TV people put it on and saw a commercial for indestructible pantyhose. <laughs> Very good. No! Yes, they thanked Christy and sent back the tape with a list of advertising fees. <laughs> Classic fucking Larangis. Classic. Yeah. Christy yeah. sent uh, all of the TV stations in Stony Brook, Connecticut, a videotape with a commercial for indestructible pantyhose. Right. Only Pete. And only Christy. And only Christy. Can I ask um, you, my friend, whether you had a Pete Larangis moment? My Larangis moment was... Also about the press that the We Heart Kids Club received this week. Mm -hmm. um, this was the first round of press that they got from Rhonda Lieb, who comes from the um, Palo Alto Gazette or whatever the dumb little newspaper is called. <clears throat> she is there interviewing them, and she says, You know, I used to babysit right up through college, Mrs. Lieb said with a smile. I was studying to be an actress, and one day I took an eight-year-old charge, Rena, to an ice cream shop. In walks this famous director who starts talking to me. Wow, I said. Did he give you a part in a movie? No, but he gave Rena one. That was when I decided to become a journalist. <laughs> so this is what Pete does. First of all, that's the fucking height of comedy. Second of all, Rhonda Lieb is not even a tertiary character in this book, but Pete... Make sure to write an entire back history for her. 
Right. Like her, I'm never going to forget Rhonda Lieb. No. I'm never going to forget Rhonda Lieb. Pete looked at this book and he was like, all right, I'm going to write a BSC book. Sure. I like, I'm interested in this We Heart Kids Club. I'll do it. But I'm Pete Larangis. I'm not going to fucking just throw in some rent. I'm, I'm no entity known as Jonna and Malcolm. I'm not just going to throw in some random character that you'll never see again. If right. I have a new character that I need, and I'm going to need a lot of new characters because it's in California now. It's in Palo City. We need to introduce some new people. I guarantee you that Pete Larangis wrote out an entire novel oh, yeah. about no, 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 Rhonda yeah. Lieb. And he just he's, like, got a, he's got a character Bible for her. Yeah. He just pulled that anecdote out of it. He's like, you know what? I'll do the anecdote. I'll do the anecdote about how she gave up her dreams of being an actor right. and decided to become a journalist. That's what right. – he looked at Rhonda Lieb and he was like, okay, she's a journalist for the Palo City News. Fine. Why though? Why? How did right. she become a journalist? Like where did this yeah, yeah, yeah. come about? And that is what makes Pete That's the one that made it into this writer. story. Yeah. Like we didn't even hear about the time that uh, Rhonda Lieb's fiance literally died in her arms. Yeah. They were they were walking down the streets of Palo Alto together, uh, mugging, gong wrong. He jumped in front of her, took a bullet to the gut. Yeah, the criminal fled. She cradled him as he bled out in her arms. You know, and that really shaped the character. That's a huge part of the the Ronda Lee part of who she is. Bible. Yeah, but like we don't even hear about that in this book. He doesn't even put that in there. No, it's just it's a it's a part of her character. It's yeah. part of her motivation. It's who she is. Right. Um, yeah, I would read that book. I would read the Rhonda Lieb history. Rhonda Lieb, right. Lieb in German means love, right? Um, yeah. Yes. You took six let's years say, of German, dude. Let's say, yeah. Let's say... Does it mean life? No, let's say... No, because the Beatles, she loves you, yeah, 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 in German, which they recorded is sie liebt dich, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I know that, and you should know that because you took how many years of German, Tanner? Many, many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lieb means love, right? right and that, yeah. the, what, what, there's not an accident that she's called that. It's because, like, she's lived this full life, like, full of love and heartbreak and loss. Right. Right? Like, she's, she, she loved acting. She loved her husband. Right. And her fiancé. Her fiancé. She loved acting. She loved her fiancé. And now these things are you gone. You know, she ended up taking his last name anyway. Yeah. Her, her real name is just uh, Rhonda... Um, Serafinowitz. Okay. Yeah, I would too. If, um, I would too. I would take. And she, his last she name. loved, she loved him so much. She loved Adolfo Lieb so much that yeah. she decided to just go ahead and take his last name. Yeah. She never loved again. God, Pete, Pete, if you're listening to this, and like I know you're so so busy, and it's, you're probably not, but if you're listening to this, if you could just get get us a peek at. The character Bible yes. for Rhonda Lieb. Yeah. Just to peek, send us that. I would really love to see that. I would leave right. to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um Tanner, we're uh we're burning the midnight oil here, and may I remind you and the baby nation, we lost about twenty minutes of audio. So we've really been recording for a long time, and we've got a shitload of segments to get through. Oh, do we? By which I mean two. Right. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. If that's all right, hard hitting yep. question. Yep. It is as follows: Did you, sir, this week have a? <gasps> My 
My wife went to bed about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, my wife's uh, sitting in the other room, probably not loving hearing that. Um, but, um, but did you? The show, must, the show must go on. Look, it's no rules just right, and it's no fuss, no muss. But I wanted to ask you, because I I think there's one really, really good burn in this book. One just like, I mean, Pete is like, he's like quick fire burns throughout the book. So there's tons yeah. to choose from. But I think there's one really spectacular one. And I feel like you might have glommed onto it. So I'm asking you first. And boy, well, if you I didn't just, take it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Well, so my burn comes in two parts. Okay, hit me. So um, Dawn is back in California, and she's hanging out with Jeff, who's become a bit of a um, comedian. Comedian, yeah, right. He's working on his tight twenty. Yeah, essentially constantly working on his tight twenty. Yeah, and one of the first um, page twelve, one of the first instances we see of Jeff's comedy in action um, goes as such. I ran up the front walk through the door. Hi, I'm home, I called out. No, you're not. You're Dawn. <laughs> Classic. Right? Yeah. But that's just part one of two. Yeah. Because Jeff's comedy stylings are pervasive Yeah. throughout this entire text. It, it gets to be really annoying, actually. Not to me, but yes. Yeah, yeah. But to Dawn. Yeah. And to the Schaefer family. Uh, Don gets uh, Jeff gets to be a little bit too much, um, and my real burn of the week comes later on in the text, mm-hmm. which I captured here as fucking savage. <laughs> Good beginning of chapter nine. Jeff Schaefer, get back in this house! I heard my dad call out. I can walk to school by myself. Jeff retorted, "I'm ten. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Jeff." <laughs> And then Don has like a little editorial note here. Ooh, two points for dad. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's my burn of the week. Classic. God, live by the sword, die by the sword, Jeff. Yeah. My burn of the week is also Jeff, and I'm surprised you didn't pick this up. Oh, I oh I have about thirty burns. Okay, yeah, same. I just thought that was the the truest burn. This is the truest burn. It's the it's the purest, most sizzling, incisive burn in this book. It's like it's like a fire elemental. Yeah. Suddenly just like walked into town. There are a lot of those in California. Burn the whole fucking city down. Right. Dawn is upset. We haven't even talked about Carol. Dawn no. is upset because Carol and her dad got engaged. Dawn's dad and Carol are engaged. Dawn loses her fucking mind. She has a fit about it. It's why she eventually gets on a plane. But That's another thing we haven't talked about. Dawn steals her dad's credit card and books a flight yeah. to Stony Brook, Connecticut, Baby Nation. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about that. We got to talk about Dawn. The other thing we didn't talk about, Baby Nation, I'm so fucking sorry. Dawn's dad proposes to Carol at the end of this book, because of Dawn's actions, because of Dawn flying back to Stony Brook, it yeah. ends their engagement and their relationship. Yeah, they break up. They fucking break up. That is some shit, Baby Nation, that we didn't tell you. Right. There's a scene, Baby Nation, where Carol throws the massive diamond ring that he bought for her onto the ground that also was one of my other Lorangis moments may i read real quick (laughs) yeah and she cried jeff went on and you know what else on the way out she threw her engagement ring on the floor so it's off jeff looked puzzled yeah i said she threw it (laughs) 
That's good stuff. And that's what that's where Pete lives, right? Right in that intersection between comedy and tragedy. Oh, yeah. Very good. All right, let me tell you my burn. After dinner, as we cleared the plates, Jeff asked, What's for dessert? Carol and Dad shared a glance, and I knew something was up. You kids get strawberry shortcake, Dad said. But your stepmom and I are going out to celebrate. Again? Jeff said. Oh, sweetie, Carol said with a laugh. It's not often a person gets engaged, you know. Stepmom? Sweetie? I guess I was going to have to get used to some new words around the house. And it looked as if I'd also have to get used to seeing less of my dad. He and Carol left, laughing and chatting, arms around each other. I sat at the kitchen table with Jeff and ate about three strawberries. Full, huh? Jeff asked. Yeah, I replied, standing up. Excuse me, I've got lots of homework. There's no excuse for you, <laughs> said Jeff. <laughs> Ooh. No. Jeff is a burn machine. Jeff is a fucking burn machine. He's killing it. You know what I was surprised to hear was not your true burn? Yeah. Hit me. Well, bye, Dad, I called out. So long, Sunshine, he replied. Sunshine. Ugh. I wonder what nickname he would come up with to give to Carol. Motormouth? Jeff pushed the front door. Come on, Sun Slime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sun Slime. Yeah. Eat it, dog. Jeff is a burn machine. Yeah. You know what? We could do a full spinoff podcast, the We Heart Kids Club. Club. We do. We have. This is it. I know, but like, let's keep it going because this book is so dense and so rich. Honestly, we, we should make talked this about part. Steffi. We haven't even talked about Steffi and her fucking crazy prophecies. Right. Pretty weird stuff. Pretty weird stuff. And also, Baby Nation, another thing we didn't cover, Don fucking flees Palo Alto and tries to go back to connecticut she steals her dad's credit card gets on a plane and she goes for one night oh my god and everybody's so angry i would be would you not be <laughs> yeah i would don what the hell and then also like it literally doesn't even occur to don that she's done something wrong until she's like four hours into her six hour flight and then she's, she's like just, oh yeah. huh huh maybe people are gonna be pissed about this yeah her mom is there to like waiting to pick her up and she's like mom how'd you figure this out and her mom is like well don uh your dad called me in a fucking panic after he called the police that's how don i know a, you're here don is a naughty dingleberry yeah. now don don two weeks ago jack yeah you and i mostly me yeah decided that we kind of like stacy now yeah don't tell anyone though just between you and me let's not i feel like jack yeah I hate to say this. Uh-oh. I kind of hate Dawn now. All she did was go on about people's carbon footprints. First of all, she literally berates Carol because Jeff spills some water and Carol uses a fucking a paper towel to p- pick it up. She uses a few sheets of paper towel to, to clean it up. And Dawn's like, oh, that's hugely wasteful. Just use a sponge. Yeah. Dawn, you know what the worst thing for your carbon p- footprint ever is? Air travel. You're just dumping... Oh, that's such a good fucking point, Dawn. You're dumping pollution literally right into the You atmosphere. literally flew coast to coast in two days for no fucking reason. Right. A day after berating And you're like Carol angry at Carol, towels. who's just trying to be cool. Right. Carol does try a little bit too hard to, to be cool. She, at one point, comes over for dinner at the Schaefer's house. Uh, the door opens and Carol just calls out, Mmm, chimichangas. That smells <laughs> so bodacious. That's cool. That is cool, though. That is actually very cool. I would, it sounds like I, something Deadpool would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the popular Deadpool comics. Yeah. Hey, Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. 
Oh, man, I would love to. Okay, I'm so pleased. We're doing it. We're getting the fuck out of here. Baby Nation, we really did not get into this book as much as we should because there's so much in it. But we will next week on the We Heart Kids Club Club. Yeah. Next week on the, we've got we got plenty of time for this podcast, the We Heart Kids Club Club. Um, right. And so next week we're going to follow the continuing adventures of Sonny Winslow, Maggie Bloom, Jill Henderson, Dawn Schaefer, and Pete Larangis. Uh Until then, Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Shepard. I have been Tanner Greenring. This week we read a book called Dawn and the We Heart Kids Club. Next week we're going to be reading a book called Marianne and Miss Pris. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think I'm broadly looking forward to it as well. I don't know who this Miss Pris character is. No idea. No idea. Very excited to find out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Baby Nation, every week we ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. Yep. Uh, this is a new show, so please go and do it again. Yep. On the same feed. Um, even if you have already done it, go back to the same feed, do it again, because this is a new show. Five stars only, please. Yep. The, and please say something nice. And also, thank you to everybody who has been rating, reviewing, and subscribing to our show, um, of which there are very many people, and we are incredibly grateful for it. It is such a delight to read the new reviews as they pop up on iTunes, and I do is it? read every single one of them, and right. Tanner doesn't because he's afraid, uh, but sometimes I read them to him, and they're great. And please, please, please keep doing it, and if you haven't, please, please, please do it. So I, put, I suppose I took the reins at the beginning of this thing, yeah. and I'll take the reins to see us out. Cool, um, man. Because this is a new property, we don't really have a sign-off yet. Oh, I've got one. Um, but I'll, I'll, can I just go ahead and take a run at one? Yeah, why don't you take a, uh, take a run at one? Why don't, before, before you do that, I'd, l- I'd just like to say that um, I've been... That. America's favorite babysitters club critic Jack Shepard. Yeah, uh, and I've I've been uh, America's favorite We Heart Kids Club critic Tanner Greenring. And then I said who right. I was, and now you do your sign off. Go to sleep, and don't you worry. I am your mommy. <laughs> <laughs> who says that? Stephanie Robertson says that in her um, <clears throat> in her short story, The Special Flower. Baby Nation, I love you. And I kiss you, and I ask of you to go to sleep, and don't you worry. I am your mommy. Jill Henderson's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, <laughs> you would think that boys had just been invented. just yawning (laughs) it was a yawn i was trying to make it subtle i like tried to close my mouth it was the least subtle thing like but it was both like very loud in my ears you were like (gasps) and the face that you made was like you were like (laughs) like (laughs) taking your last like earthly breath on this planet (laughs) i thought the face would be less distracted than like (laughs) so i kept like i kept (laughs) <laughs> like a a tight little mouth, like <laughs> good. All right, so <laughs> it's ten p.m. here. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>